Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have episode 39 in my Bioweapon Blues series. I'm titling this one, They've Murdered, They've Poisoned, They've Sterilized Us, Now What? So there's so much happening on the front. There's all kinds of breaking news. There's uh, an attempt to have a debate between Robert F. Kennedy, who was just on Joe Rogan's show. I think it was 1999, almost near the 2000th show of his. Um, so congratulations to him. But um, he was trying to organize a debate with him, a debate with him and Hotez, this guy who was supposed to be second in line from serial killer Anthony Fauci. Uh, Hotez would not take the money. I think the money pooled the offering by a variety of different people. It's $1.5 in total. He still would not sit down for a debate or a discussion face-to-face. So I think that's very telling. They've appointed a new overseer of mass poisoning of americans at the cdc her name is cohen she's i have a picture of her on my social media she's wearing a mask with a picture of anthony fauci on it which is terrifying and uh the old one who's leaving i think at the end of the month walensky was in front of congress just like a real sociopathic psychopathic monster smiling and laughing as she knowingly oversaw the murder and poisoning uh, according to her bears database she knew all the incoming stuff they actually had to hire 2400 people to manage the incoming injuries and complaints and she just glibly laughing she got nice jewelry her hair's looking great she looks rested real monster so this uh, series will probably be ongoing so i'm gonna play some clips the audio of the clips and then i will read some of the slides and just some of the information that i've compiled so there'll be two clips uh, in order. It'll be Trudeau from Canada, just trying to cover his own self for all the stuff that he committed during the genetic holocaust that took place. And then Fauci also trying to cover himself, absolve himself for his criminal acts and crimes against humanity. So those will be the first two clips. Disinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. Like any modern bit of medical advancements, there are potential side effects in vaccinations. And there are people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations on the billions of people who've been vaccinated against COVID over the past few years. There are far more people who obviously have died due to COVID, died from not getting vaccinated. And the idea that people can fly in the face of science, well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. But I make a distinction, I have always have, between someone choosing for personal reasons to choose not to get vaccinated and someone deliberately using misinformation to mislead and scare other people with so-called facts that aren't facts at all that lead them to make a choice that endangers their lives and the lives of other citizens. So as Prime Minister, through the greatest public health crisis that we've faced in a hundred years in this country, 
since the Spanish flu. My responsibility was to keep as many Canadians alive as possible. And all of the scientists and the medical experts and the researchers, not just in Canada, but around the world, understood that vaccination was going to be the way through this. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure that all the incentives and all the protections were there to encourage Canadians to get vaccinated. And that's exactly what they did. We got vaccinated to a higher level than just about any other of our peer countries. And that's why we had a less deadly pandemic than most other countries. But I want to know what you think you and the community got wrong. Was the closing of the schools too draconian? How much of a delay did the fact that nobody fully understood the asymptomatic spread of this, nobody figured out that it could actually bust through certain vaccine levels as well. What are the real yeah. takeaways, the yeah. real lessons for I public think, health? Yeah. I think we have to get away from the blame game because so many of the things that you have mentioned were unknowns at the time. It's so easy, and I made that comment uh, in my response to one of the questions that Davis Wallace Weld asked me. In this the is New in the New York Times profile. In the New York Times profile. And I didn't mean it as an affront to him, but I said, you know, this is really big time Monday morning quarterbacking here, which is what it is. So rather than, than have a blame game, and that's one of the things that we have to stay away from because there were things that happened and it was a moving target. And there were things that you did not know at the time and you had to, out of necessity, make a decision. And sometimes the decision was partially right. Uh, for example, let me give you an example of a partially right decision. I think the idea when you were having trucks that were cooler trucks pulling up to hospitals in order to put bodies in because the morgues were overflowing and the hospital beds were being challenged, that you had a triage, you had to shut down. I don't think anybody who has any realistic evaluation knows that you got to do something dramatic. Once that's done, then the thing that you need to now go back and analyze, I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that you had to shut down, is how long you keep the shutdown and how complete it is. How does that relate to schools? When you shut down schools, if you do, and I have been very vocal about this, and I think the people who like to point fingers, I say, go and look at the tape, <laughs> you know, the tail of the tape. When I kept on saying over and over again, we've got to get the children back to school as quickly as possible. We've got to get them in school safely. And we've got to make sure that they are not essentially out of school, at home, getting all of the negative consequences. Different parts of the country interpreted that differently. There were schools that stayed closed far too long and longer than they should have. And there were those that essentially didn't close at all. You know, my daughter is a school teacher in New Orleans. They closed down for two weeks and were essentially open for the rest of the time at other and schools. And the result was? And the result was, you know, they didn't do too badly. I mean, the kids got infected. A lot of them did, uh, you know, virtually. It was, it was very difficult to determine and say, well, if you shut down this long, you get 
no negative effect on the child and minimal effect on the infection. Those studies weren't done. It was just trying to do as best as you can in the circumstances that you were in. No. Dr. Clark, you want to treat them at home. Give them the things that we know kill viral replication. Zinc and anything that enhances zinc, like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and a hundred other remedies that we now know dramatically reduce the spread of this disease. And what was our protocol? Our protocol was to do none of that. No treatment until you go to the hospital. And then your treatment are two things that are bound to kill you, ventilators and remdesivir. And Tony Fauci knew that remdesivir would kill you. He knew that because in 2019, he tried to put, use it for Ebola, 2019, he tried to use it for Ebola, and within five days of treatment, it gave lethal side effect to 54% of the people, and the safety monitoring board ordered him to terminate the use of that drug. And he threw a phony, contrived, absolutely fraudulent study that he manipulated and orchestrated of that drug made standard of care, it is homicide. And if you look, how does it kill people? Two ways, three ways. Kidney failure, heart failure, and all organ collapse. And what happened to the people who died in the pandemic? What were they dying of? Kidney failure. All the doctors said, you heard it again and again, we've never seen a virus that attacks the kidneys because it wasn't the virus. It was the remdesivir. The next two are from Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan Experience. Joe Rogan talking about the vaccine and then Asim Malatra also talking about it as well. So those are the next two clips. Like really bad. This, this narrative that there's only one way to deal with this and that this way is actually going to stop it. Well, if it is going to stop it, why do you care who gets it? You should just get it. Because if you get it, that means that no one else is going to, you're never going to get it. Everybody who gets the shot is never going to get it. That was the narrative. That was a lie from the beginning. And now we're realizing that it was a lie. Everybody realizes it was a lie now. Like but, we were, I was talking to someone last night that got, had COVID really fucking bad after being vaccinated. Like really bad. Two weeks I, wrecked. So I have a, I have a, a great friend uh, and... His daughter, college, gets the shot. She ends up in the emergency room. And she's got blood clots on her liver. And they're all like, you know, what do you think of it? Well, you know, she, she rose a lot on the row team. And like, are you, are you really... You're really going to believe that's what it was. Well, people do anything to not blame it on the vaccine. Like when there's an injury, like people want to find all sorts of other reasons. If there was any other thing that came along that was a new novel remedy for things, and then there was this host of side effects that were attached to it, people would want to be investigating those side effects. But because this thing came along during the pandemic, and what Robert Malone talks about, where you, you have one solution that's presented to a problem that's isolating society, people are literally trapped, and this one thing is offered up as a solution, and anything that's opposing that gets attacked.
because everybody does the work of the propaganda machine. The regular people do that work because they genuinely believe that you're a knucklehead if you don't go and get vaccinated and you're going to fuck this up for everybody and we're never going to get back to work. So they have that in their head and that's their narrative. It took about 50 years between the first links between smoking and lung cancer that were published in the British Medical Journal before we had any effective regulation on tobacco control, you know, tobacco control uh, interventions, government interventions. And, um, uh, and, and now we know that when you look at the decline in death rates, specifically death rates from heart disease in the last four or five decades, almost half of that, Joe, can be can, uh, attributed to reduction in smoking. So, wow. so these, are, these are things that weren't really fully accepted and understood at the time. And the reason for that, and this is really interesting, is the tobacco industry adopted a corporate playbook. You know, I call it a dirty tricks corporate playbook um, of planting doubt, cigarettes were harmful, confusing the public, denial, and even buying the loyalty of bent scientists. So when there was uh, people, doctors and public health advocates saying smoking is a problem with the heart, scientists were paid to write articles in medical journals saying it's not smoking, it's stress. People who smoke are more stressed and it's nothing to do with the cigarettes. Mm. So, you know, this is history repeating itself in a way. Then there will be two audio clips, one from South Africa, the other one from Australia, just call, talking about the consequences from the kill shot. The Pfizer vaccine in South Africa has a full and permanent authorization, which our regulatory body can grant if it is of the view that the vaccine is safe, effective and of good quality. Pfizer obviously had a very strong marketing and commercialization campaign. Now, for administrative decisions like that in South Africa, taken by a government body, they have to be obviously lawful. And for a decision to be lawful, it must be rational. The decision to authorize these vaccines was actually irrational and therefore unlawful. The primary reason for saying that, that the regulator relied solely, solely on Pfizer's data and Pfizer's own interpretation of its data to grant the authorization. In circumstances where Pfizer was heavily conflicted, financially conflicted, and in further circumstances where Pfizer's own data, trial data, is riddled with errors, inconsistencies, and inaccuracies. Those inaccuracies actually point to, even in the trial setting, to conclusions that there were indications that this vaccine was not safe and not effective, even at that stage. Pfizer's own data and interrogates the problems and warning signs and questions the red flags that should have been raised by the regulators. And it appears that that wasn't done. Become clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated, not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr. Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are going to hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are going to hound you down and hold you accountable. And we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future. Because I love my kids and I'm looking forward to my grandkids. And we are going to save this country. Thank you. 
The next clip is from a guy called McKiernans. He is a specialist in kind of the gene therapy or goes into it. He's a doctor, but he talks about the consequences of this shot and how some of the genetic changes could be passed on to the next generation. Using has an SV40. The Pfizer vector that they're using has an SV40 promoter. It has one that's that's been published to having a 72 base pair enhancer in it as well. Uh, that is known to be a nuclear localization signal. So this is just something that helps promote the, the antibiotic resistance that is in the uh, the backbone of these vectors. It is not the full SV40 um, virus that was seen in the polio vaccines many years ago. However, there is still concern that if this DNA is at high levels inside these vaccines, that that promoter could integrate into the genome, and if it integrates in front of an oncogene, then it could promote the expression of, of an oncogene, let's say. Um, so there's concern of um, injecting people with high amounts of these SP40 promoters because if there's any um, amount of, of genome integration that occurs, then uh, there's a risk that it will be promoting the expression of, of genes uh, inappropriately in the, in, in the genome. And I guess with the simian virus and that polio scandal, it was the concern was around cancer and the cancer promotion um, and the fact that the simian virus would be passed down intergenerationally. Is that the case here with what you've discovered? Well, that, that's a, there's a remote possibility. If this gets to the sperm or egg and you get integration into those cell lines, then it could pass on to the next generation. More likely probably in the eggs than, than, than the sperm, just due to the numbers. I think women usually are born with about 300,000 to 500,000 oocytes, and that's all they have for life, whereas uh, sperm are constantly generated. So um, if there's any LMPs getting to the ovaries, which we've seen some evidence in biodistribution studies that, that can be the case, um, one has to be concerned over whether this uh, increases the odds of, of genome integration. Um, now, there's a good paper that we'll link to from um, Keith Pettin at the FDA that goes over these genome integration risks and why there are certain standards in the industry for limiting the amount of double-stranded DNA that's inside of these injectables. The next clips are from the Citizens' Inquiry in Canada. The citizens actually had to get together and figure out what happened, paid it, pay for it themselves, not from their government, to assess what happened over the last three years in this third world war, this fifth generation type of warfare. So they were figuring out one of the guys who was talking is Christians and very sensible, intelligent guys. So I put those clips together and then finished out this, this series with uh, Rand Paul questioning Samantha Powers, whose husband was involved in the whole Vax rollout. But just showing how impotent uh, the Congress is. And she's denying that they didn't give her documentation. But there's not much Congress can even do. So it's kind of like a sad organization. It's too bad. It is, is, is analyzed and is clear. Authorities have not accepted the data. So, um, you know, there's, there's abundant evidence, as Steve Kirsch pointed out, that the, the, the vaccine does not prevent transmission and does not prevent infection. Now, uh, public health officials in Canada and other Western countries uh, have ignored that data and have created an, their own set of rules. Our prime minister does that all the time. He, he, he creates uh, his own set of truth. And that, I think, is a societal problem. Uh, the, the ability to define truth for yourself instead of looking for a transcendent uh, source of truth, 
which most people uh, call God or divine truth, which used to inform medical ethics for generations. All the medical ethical codes, the codes of Hippo Hippocrates, you know, he, he called on the Greek gods. Uh, and even the modified Hippo Hippocratic oath in the Christian era said that I, would, I will never uh, uh, think of myself as God. So in all this, there was a there was there was a looking for transcendent truth, that is lies beyond yourself. In the modern era, the universities have been captured by the postmodern construct of localized version of truth, and that's why they say, okay, that's your truth. This is my truth. So okay, uh, vaccines don't stop infection. That is your truth. But my truth says that it does. The data doesn't really matter. That's, that's part of the problem in society, I think, with the public too. They're able to construct their own truth. Would you estimate the underreporting factor to be in Canada? Uh, on a conservative scale, the underreporting in the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System in the United States, is that it reports anything from 1% to 10% of actual injuries. Okay. Now, when coming to Canada, I think the problem is that about 99.99999% of Canadians don't actually know how a uh, vaccine injury is reported in Canada. Uh, as I pointed out in my testimony, the system is convoluted and broken. It's designed, I think, to discourage people from reporting anything at all. Uh, I, if the open VAR system where any U.S. citizen can actually go to the website, fill in a simple web-based form and report a vaccine injury, if that itself is showing about 90% underreporting, I would think that our underreporting is of the order of, what, 99%? <laughs> because it's just, if you look at the number of deaths associated with the vaccine in the Canadian system, it's, some, it's something like 460. That's just not possible. Just look at the data around the world, and it just doesn't match the data. But we know now why Health Canada has not recorded the deaths, because it's so difficult to record anything. Uh, it, you know, I, I pointed out in my testimony how difficult it is, and that hasn't changed. With respect to any potential early treatment, the benefit to, to risk ratio has been tilled towards risk, not benefit. And for the vaccine, it's been tilled the other way around. So are we facing a clear case of double standard here? Very much so, Commissioner. Uh, the fact is the the, the ivermectin uh, example that I ran through in my testimony is just one of several medications. If your vitamin D levels were normal, you had an, uh, something like 70 to 80% less risk of landing up in the ICU. So the, all the Canadian government had to do, if they really had our health at heart, was to send vitamin D by, by mail to every household. And they could have made a huge difference in the pandemic. We know that Canadians, especially in winter, 
have vitamin vitamin D levels uh, that are suboptimal or deficient in up to 70% of the population. The risk-benefit scales have been tilted so much in favor of benefit and they have been ignored. But I pointed out that that's because there's no money to be made in hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, uh, and some of the, uh, these other medications. But there are billions and billions and billions of dollars to be made with the vaccine. So uh, can, can greed explain all this? I think it can. Uh, uh, corporations have no morals. So billions of dollars uh, were at, at stake. And all these other medications vitamin D, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, would have made them nothing at all. Thank you very much. Good afternoon, doctor. Thank you for coming back and facing our barrage of questions. Um, I believe that when you first uh, introduced yourself, you had said that you were involved with ethics in, uh, in, in uh, medicine. And my question to you is, is this concept of informed consent something brand new? No, Commissioner, it's not brand new. It's, it's, as, it's as old as medicine itself. Okay. And who is responsible to obtain informed consent from a patient the health practitioner who is administering the intervention or treatment in this case the vaccine is responsible for getting informed consent do you believe it's acceptable for a health practitioner to follow blindly the orders of the health department in other words i was only following orders is that a, an excuse for not following this age-old concept of consent? That has never been an excuse. It wasn't an excuse that was accepted at Nuremberg. Uh, just following orders has never been an excuse. And in medicine, we have to put the patient first, not an order, uh, but the patient in front of you. Uh, first do no harm starts with the patient in front of you or the person in front of you to whom you're going to administer this intervention, the vaccine. And so that is, that is an overriding ethic, overriding principle of medical ethics that should override everything else, putting the patient first. Are you aware that we had doctors um, testify to this commission that they were not only that the CAFIS system was not only difficult to report to, but that they had been punished. And one doctor who had reported 10 cases of which eight, the, med, the, the, the health officer declined and he was let go from his position for reporting too many reports to the CAFIS system. Uh, I know the doctor who you refer to, and I think it's unconscionable what happened to him. Um, I, I think some of the, the, uh, uh, mistakes or the uh, egregious violation of medical ethics that have been committed uh, and I'm, I, I'm not I'm not saying this lightly but some of them must 
uh, go into the area of criminal liability. If in fact, if in fact colleges have forbidden doctors from giving medical exemptions, and then somebody with a genuine reason for a medical exemption gets the vaccine and dies or gets a serious injury, there has to be liability for that. Um, it's not enough to say that this was just a mistake or they were doing this in error. I mean, even, even, a, even a common sense analysis of some of the egregious violations of medical ethics should show the public that in fact the liability exists for harm to the public from the vaccine. We know there are some vaccine-specific uh, side effects which we know does not occur with the natural infection, and and we know, for example, that the uh, and uh, Mr. Kirsch pointed out the fact that myocarditis uh, after the infection is actually very uncommon, uh, but after the vaccine is exceedingly common. So. Uh, we know of a big Israeli study that looked at hundreds of thousands of patients and showed that in the unvaccinated, the myocarditis rate was in fact no different from previous years. In other words, there was a steady baseline. But in the vaccinated, we know that myocarditis, and especially in young people, myocarditis is a specific vaccine-related risk. Now, and there are some other things like Bell's palsy um, that Justin Bieber got and, uh, and so on, who, and we know that, uh, that, that it was probably the vaccine, uh, but we also know that the vaccine seems to be doing harm in different organ systems. So <laughs> I'm not saying this is designed to cause harm. Uh, I think that our question was asked of Steve Kirsch, but if somebody were designing something to cause harm and kill people, this was a genius too, because it's so difficult to actually say that, you know, this is completely the vaccine's fault, uh, unless you do an autopsy. Uh, and that's why I think uh, Mr. Kirsch was saying very little is being done in terms of autopsy. But it, it affects so many different body systems that it is, it is actually sometimes very difficult to pin down that this is the vaccine. When we looked at the patient... Were there any specific studies done on children before they were given to children? Uh, there, there, were, there were Pfizer-related trials. <laughs> Those trials were a farce because when we looked at the patient-level data, it showed that those children who were vaccinated actually got more sick. They got more sick and they had more hospitalizations and Pfizer's own data showed that the myocarditis rate with the vaccine was much higher. So yes, there were trials, very small ones of children, but they showed that the vaccine was completely useless and dangerous for kids. Were there any specific studies done on Ms. Powers, uh, did USAID fund coronavirus research in Wuhan, China?
We did not fund gain-of-function research, That's not the as question. you know. The question is, did you fund coronavirus research in Wuhan, China? Before my time, there was the PREDICT program with which you're familiar, which ended in China in 2019. Yeah, this is a $200 million program, and the GAO has also identified that some of these grants went directly to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where there is a suspicion that the lab leak began, that began the pandemic. Um, has USAID awarded funds to the Academy of Military Medical Sciences in China? I, not to my knowledge, but I'd have to give I think the answer is once again yes. GAO has found that there have been subawards of NIH money is probably as well as USAID money that went to the Academy of not just medical research, military medical research in China. Now, part of the unknowns here is we can't get the records to look at this. So I've been asking for months and months for records. In September of last year, I wrote Ms. Powers, USAID, a request asking for records from the PREDICT program. These are not classified. These are simply records of scientific research. And we want to read the grants to find out what they were doing and whether the research was dangerous or not. Um, the response I got from your agency was, USAID will not be providing any documents at this time. They're just unwilling to give documents on scientific grant proposal. We're paying for it. They're asking for $745 million more in money, and we get no response. So two weeks ago, the ranking member, uh, Rish, myself, and 25 other Republican senators, unfortunately, so far, signed a letter once again. It's still no response. We're not asking for classified information. We're not asking for anything unusual. Um, 20 million people died around the world. You're supposed to be an agency that cares about the death of people around the world. We, you know, talk about starvation and famine and 20 million people died from a virus and you won't give us the basic information about what grants you're funding around the world and who you're funding. Should we be funding the Academy of Military Medical Research in China? They're now off limits. But did we fund them? And who was making the decision? You know who ran the PREDICT program? UC Davis, have you had any conversations with UC Davis about research in China and whether it was advisable? So again, to set the record straight, first of all, the PREDICT program ended in 2019. Um, we have people- And yet it goes on in other forums and other names. That, that's certainly well, not USAID program. Well, you have, you have a program called or, Emergency Pandemic Threats Program still, don't you? If I could just, just finish in response to the first set of allegations, um, we have provided hundreds and hundreds of pages of documents related to the PREDICT program for the very reason that you say, because we are in- Not to us. We are, again, as I know you had an exchange with Secretary Blinken as well, consistent with longstanding practice. Not going to give them to us. responsive to the committees of jurisdiction not going to you've been consistent and not giving us any that's information that's not true but what we, you're we've saying provided is hundreds of pages in response to, to the ranking to, to the senate homeland security and government affairs committee for example we've had extensive we've been requesting this and gotten none of it i'm on that committee as well the thing is is what we get from you and from the state department at large is that if senator menendez signs it you'll give it documents until then you'll give us nothing and we have got nothing, zero. You said, we'll not be providing any documents. I now have 25 senators have sent you a letter and you aren't responding. Well, and we, we don't, we want, we want to see the scientific grants. We give you the money, the taxpayers well, give you the money. We deserve to know where the money went, whether it happened. Look, you're right, it, ha it ended in 2019. When did the virus come about? In about 2019. Some of the research proposals 
that came about in 2018 where Wuhan Institute of Virology asking for money to create a virus with a furin cleavage site in it, a coronavirus, a SARS-like virus with a furin cleavage site. That's exactly what COVID turned out to be. They wanted money to create such a virus. So we want to know, are there other research proposals that you either granted or denied that were on the same veins of creating viruses that could have become COVID-19? We can't tell because you won't give us the information. Again, we, we consistent with longstanding practice. We are providing extensive documentation. We have a whole That's team just of people not who do true. nothing other That's than look just back not and true. predict. That is not it true. It is factually accurate. That is it not is. true. Everything we have asked, we have not gotten. I have not seen one document on the PREDICT program. I understand that, again, consistent with common practice. Consistent that you're not going to give it to any senator. No, no, no. We're that. providing... Uh, all of the kinds of documentation that you're <laughs> you describing. You are not. You're we are. You're being dishonest. We, you're being no, dishonest. I'm not. I'm we haven't gotten not. one scrap of paper from you. The, not the, one again, scrap of paper. with the committees of jurisdiction, we are providing all of the paperwork that you are not. requested by the I'm on the other committee. I'm the ranking member on well, the other committee, and I haven't seen a scrap of paper from that committee either. Well, that is... I, that, See, here's what I, the American people... I can tell you people, what has happened. Actually, people, I can't tell you what the happens American at the committee. The American people think this that because you won't respond and because you respond with a non-response that you have something to hide. I don't know if you have anything to hide or not. I want to see every grant proposal that had to do with coronaviruses that went to China from the U.S. government, from all facets of the U.S. government, and every bit of the Biden administration is stonewalling us and will not give us the information. It makes us think and makes us suspicious that you're hiding something. And it wasn't even you. This was the previous administration. We go back two or three administrations. We just want to see the information. And yet you sit there and you say, we will do something. We are doing something, which is absolutely the opposite of the truth. You are not being honest. All right, let's go to the slides. Yeah, they pulled these like authorizations for the shots. It's incredible. This meme says, when you're already six shots deep and the FDA pulls authorization. People should be enraged. They should be in shock, really, what happened. This is just further proof. This is Steve Kirsch. Walensky was up today, but she knew back in September 17th, 2021, the people who got the COVID vaccine were two times more likely to be infected. They didn't tell the public. And then this is the other one, the SV40 sequence that was mentioned in the videos. Is here. It's the uh, Japanese professor Murakami of Tokyo University of Science makes an astonishing finding. Pfizer's jab contains the SV40 sequence, which is known as a promoter of the cancer virus or an oncogene or something like that. Totally unnecessary. Should not be in the, MR, in the mRNA jab, but it is. So it's just incredible information. It was repeated on by a bunch of people online. And this is kind of a hope. This is like an upside. Apparently, this like uh, natto kinase has something that may get rid of the spike protein. You really want to get it out of your body if you took the shots. It's a spike detoxifying formulation with fibro fibrinolytic natto kinase may provide you the support needed post COVID mRNA technology gene injection vaccine. So that's harmless, though. People have been eating natto kinase in Japan for centuries. It's just fermented soybeans. So another one, after extensive examination of the Pfizer documents, Dr. Naomi Wolf cannot escape the conclusion that there was a deliberate intent to sterilize the next generation. 
The Yellow Star document outlines 20 different ways for ruining women's menstrual health. Her latest findings from four independent doctors report on the myriad of placenta abnormalities to the extent that one doctor cannot show a normal-looking placenta anymore. I'll repeat that. One doctor could not show a normal-looking placenta anymore. Suzanne Gazda, MD, vast majority of her patients got significantly worse after the shots. She's a neurologist with 4,000 patients. Most were vaccinated with the COVID vaccines, really kill shot. The majority of those vax got significantly worse after getting the shot. Matt Wallace, why do Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci keep funding extremely dangerous biolabs in the most volatile countries? And Elon Musk responds, I mean, what if something went wrong? It's probably supposed to. If your results are too good, the New England Journal of Medicine will reject your paper. And if you write about ivermectin, Curious will reject your paper. Yeah, so corrupt. Corruption everywhere. This is Sense Receptor. I had a thesis. The vaccine was causing deaths and disabilities. And as time has rolled on and the data has been accumulated, the thesis is correct. This is uh, an interview with some uh, former athletes, John Stockton, Ken Rutgers. They're talking to Ed Dowd. What I'm, the tragedy of what I'm about to talk to you about is the numbers are so big, they're there for everyone to see and analyze. There's only one explanation in my mind. What's the back, the shot, the kill shot. Quercetin and curcumin inhibit synctia formation. So what is it, quercetin? I think it's green tea and what is it? Ginger or something else have this. So you want to be taking that as well. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., it's dawning on main, mainstream figures like Anthony Fauci that their COVID policies were a public health disaster. Lots of us are angry about the mandates, the lockdowns, the censorship, the insanity. But we need to avoid the toxic quagmire of retribution and blame and focus on ensuring this never happens again. Clean up the regulatory agencies, get corporate money out of public health, and guarantee free, open, uncensored public and scientific discourse. Yeah, well, it's too late. Kennedy is a successful lawyer who knows exactly what Fauci et al. have done. He knows the laws have been broken. He knows that people have been injured and killed. There's no way the elites are going to let Kennedy take a run at the presidency. Too many will go to jail. Yeah, so he's probably walking dead. This is Naomi Wolf tweets, greatest crime against humanity in history. 11 revelations from Pfizer's vaccine documents. One, Pfizer knew their gene-based injections had negative efficacy as early as November 2022. Shortly after the release of the COVID injections, Pfizer moved to hire 2,400 full-time employees to process the paperwork of the injured. Three, Pfizer and the FDA withheld information that the shots caused heart damage in youth for four months while an aggressive propaganda campaign drove many thousands to get injected. Four, rather than staying in the injection site, Pfizer knew the shot's dangerous dangerous lipid nanoparticles quickly distribute throughout the body to the brain, liver, and adrenals and accumulate in the ovaries. Five, Pfizer documents acknowledge more than 4,200 adverse events, including 1,200 deaths in just the first three months, including strokes, hemorrhages, blood clots, Lung clots, leg clots, neurological disorders, dementia, Guillain-Barre, Bell's palsy, myalgia, and more. Six, 
Prior to it being legal, more than 1,000 children were injected, and Pfizer's documents indicate a high rate of serious injury. Seven, available records of study participants participants who conceived children show 80% lost their babies. Wow. Eight, Pfizer knew there was a danger to fertility. Lipid nanoparticles damaged the placenta during pregnancy, causing early deliveries. Nine, Pfizer does show that lipid nanoparticles also enter breast milk, stunting, injuring, and sometimes killing babies. Ten, Pfizer docs show three to one of AE sustained by women, 16% reproductive disorders. What kind of monsters look at 16% re- reproductive disorders and keep going? Walensky, Fauci, Gottlieb. Results, 13 to 20% drop in live births. Wow. 11, Pfizer documents revealed that NLPs degrade baby boys in utero by transversing the testes of fetal baby boys and damaging the Sertoli cells in the Leydig cells, which are basically the factories of masculinity. So you're just going to have all this feminine men, this next generation. It's not even going to be their fault that they're poisoned. The number of people in the room who lost someone to the shots was jaw-dropping. This is Molly James. The number personally injured, wow, we all know people injured, so everybody knows. It's just like a test of hands of people out there. So many people got injured. Michael Sanger, the overall effect on the virus's spread was close to zero. A philosopher at the University of California called school closures a moral catastrophe. Even the New York Times throwing teachers union leader Randy Weingarten under the bus now. Wow. Excess death percentages in the U.S. and U.K. The percentage of excess death is well above average for every week through the end of February 2023. Ex-U.S. Army PSYOPs expert, Fox News fired Carlson to maintain semi-lobotomized, quasi-retarded population. Jeffrey Tucker, the latest baloney from Fauci's CDC is amazing. They claim now that they did not know it would spread despite lockdowns, the virus would mutate, immunity would not be lifelong, masks were mostly ineffective, people want freedom. It's just incredible. These guys all should be arrested. Abuse of power. I mean, for whatever they stole. Vigilant Fox, Christine Anderson. If you want to know how 1930s Germany happened, just look at the past three years. There's a lot of people that think they would have been in the resistance back then. Well, take a look at what you did in the last three years and you have your answer. Most of the people would not have been in the resistance back then because they just went right along with everything the government asked them to do. This is the great documenting the greatest crime in history. Andrew Huff shows how SARS-CoV-2 was the monster of American Dr. Frankenstein's. Yeah, that's uh, the truth about Wuhan is his book. Daniel Horowitz, earth-shattering document shows Pfizer and FDA knew about safety concerns for pregnant and nursing women from day one. Yeah, So they knew. They still went through with it. Safe and effective. It's really incredible. What? Federal public health in Canada knew the vaccinated could and do carry the same COVID viral loads as unvaccinated before mandates imposed? What the hell was the COVID vaccine mandated? Good question. Why was it mandated for federal public servants? This shows you how crooked and corrupted and inept and moronic and specious and academically sloppy and intellectually lazy Nju and Tam were. The data was clear now. Mary Tally Bowden, MD, ivermectin is safe. The LD50 lethal dose is the amount of a substance that kills 50% of test subjects. 
and is a benchmark number used to determine how dangerous a medication is. The LD50 of ivermectin is 25 milligrams in a mouse. The dose used to treat COVID, 0.4 milligram. Disturbing. Did I hear this correctly? Doctors get 60,000 bucks for kids being fully injected and anti-white racism endemic in schools in Alabama. Peter Halligan. The Deagle.com U.S. Population Reduction. Leo Homan. All of, all of the globalist policies over the last three years are driving toward one thing, mass depopulation. Yes, they want to kill us. Until you understand that, you'll never understand what's going on. You'll never make sense of it. I know it's a hard pill to swallow, but reject it at your own risk. Those who live in denial will get duped again. Many of those duped the first time lost their lives or ended up with lifelong health issues. Some even offered their children to the military biomedical security complex. I like to revert back to the analysis done by Deagle Corp in 2014, forecasting massive global population declines out to the year 2025, especially in Western countries. Deagle's founder was a military contractor who had sources well positioned in the deep state. The Deagle Corporation is an offshoot of U.S. military intelligence, which collects data for high-level decision makers and prepares confidential briefing documents for agencies like the National Security Agency, the United Nations, and the World Bank. Justin and Jag meet safe and effective COVID-19 vaccines have now killed 100,000 Canadians, and that death toll will increase to 145,000 by the end of 2023. Wow, nice, nice kill job. The U.S. death toll, according to McCullough last month, is six hundred five to 600,000 murdered. Worse than the Civil War. So we had just had a World War III event. Steve Kirsch, did you see that the FDA pulled a bait and switch? They approved the bivalent only on vaccinated people because there was no trial in unvaccinated. Now they just changed the indication and said everyone can have it. No RCT, no trial, no approval process. They used the influence model that they programmed people to accept for 20 years. Did you... Notice that nobody in the medical community objected to this at all. Stunning. Who needs clinical trials? This will really streamline, dr streamline drug approval in the future. Of course, Congress is never going to ask about this because they trust the FDA. That's how science works. I just thought you'd like to know. Yeah, trust the science. That's the science. No testing. Total corruption and murder. Just unhinged from reality, man. Just grotesque. Biden administration organizes first nationwide vaccination day targeting black communities. It's not a vaccina vaccination. They're just giving the bioweapon to people. Incredible. This is the video I played at the very beginning was of Justin Trudeau. While not forcing anyone to get vaccinated, I chose to make sure all the incentives. Yeah, no, you forced them. You had to keep, they had to keep their job. Dr. Don Michael, I was given remdesivir without my consent. I was able to stop them after two days, but my husband was too, too ill to stop them. He had five doses, kidney failure, cardiac arrest, vented, and died. Are we ever going to find out how many COVID deaths are actually remdesivir deaths? No. No, you're not. They're going to cover, and they're going to make sure to cover that up, too. This is just more criminality and deaths. Total disaster. Your government spent $13 billion in an advanced fifth-generation PSYOPs campaign to deceive you. Yeah. So your own government really attacked you. That's really the takeaway. 
They attacked the Biden administration, the Trump people too. Went to war against you to kill you off. 600,000 dead. Wow. That says Sucharit Bhakti. He was always right about everything. <clears throat> Aaron Siri, world-renowned scientist, asked FDA to amend C-19V labels to state they don't prevent infection and transmission. FDA response is, FDA's authorization and licensure standards for vaccines do not require demonstration of the prevention of infection to transmission. That's just the most contradictory thing imaginable. I'll read that again. So a vaccine, like you assume a vaccine is supposed to stop uh, the, uh, you know, whatever the effect of the pathogen is. Then they said they're not required to demonstrate the prevention of infection or transmission. That's what a vaccine is supposed to do. So it's not a vaccine. The FDA literally wrote back the FDA's authorization and licensure standards for vaccines do not require demonstration of the prevention of infection or transmission. Incredible. FDA unauthorized the emergency use of the military prototype countermeasure monovalent shots. That's Sasha Latipova. My brain hurts. And she writes, my brain hurts after reading the garbage from the FDA, but I do it for you, dear readers, so you don't have to suffer. Suffer. The FDA are Olympic-level mental gymnastics champions. Just totally evil people. They should be locked up in a functioning system. They would be surrounded by the military and frog-marked off. Canadian grade 11 child dies suddenly at school desk in Prince Edward Island. So how does this young person suddenly die of natural causes? Child was double vaccinated, I'm told. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They're, they're probably dropping crate like crazy. This is uh, incredible. End of July, incredibly sad. My heart bleeds for my little sister, Camila, are now experiencing their worst nightmare, the death of their daughter. Ithaca, New York, 19-year-old Cornell University student Matthew Friedman was found unresponsive in residence and died April 12, 2023. Cornell had an illegal COVID-19 vaccine mandate for all students. University leaders must be sued into bankruptcy, no doubt. No doubt. It's murder. They were taking part in murder. This is a guy. I'm vaccinated. His name was uh, Brian Jeffrey Bowers. He's dead. This is just another example. The whole vaccine schedule is a murder schedule, so it's not just the COVID vaccine kill kill shots. This one-year-old little girl got her 12-month vaccines. The night started vomiting, high fever, and an hour-long seizure. Doctor says not caused by vaccines. This is what happens. Vaccine injury denial. They're gaslighting me. This is why injuries are often not reported. This is why most patient parents think seizures after vaccines are normal. They're not. An hour-long seizure and fever and vomiting after vaccines is not normal. It's vaccine injury. Just a whole generation injured and murdered. <sighs> Died suddenly. John O'Neill was a fit and healthy 42-year-old IT consultant who suffered a major stroke nine days after his COVID vaccine. His left carotid artery was completely shredded and he had a clot on the brain. He's now paralyzed from the waist down. 35-year-old Amy Brooke Jordan, a certified personal trainer who studied kinesiology, died suddenly in her sleep April 21, 2023. As Vance correctly pointed out, 35-year-old women don't die in their sleep. Do not normalize this. Yeah, she's, just add her to the murder list. Extremely active Dutch-Canadian man's heart calcified after Pfizer booster. At first, doctors breasted off as psychological. That's what they always do. 
He eventually ended up rushed to hospital where they discovered he was suffering from a case of heart inflammation so severe that his aortic valve had completely calcified. He now requires a heart transplant. Megan Riley Seep died April 21st, not 2023. Passed away suddenly at the age of 29. 40-year-old sanitation worker John Kingate died suddenly April 16th, 2023. He had pericarditis after a second COVID-19 vaccine and recently suffered two heart attacks requiring a defibrillator. He leaves behind six children. 15-year-old Jenna High School student Cameron Shelton died in class April 18th, 2023. Never happened. I don't know anybody who ever died like that. Chief of police confirmed incident happened inside a classroom around 9, 11 a.m. Another cardiac arrest while sitting at a desk. 15 years old. This is murder. Mixed martial artists and UFC fighters are collapsing and dying suddenly. Youngest MMA cardiac arrests and deaths are also the most recent. A new trend. This is uh, 21-year-old Isaiah Abels had a sudden cardiac arrest during a fight and now has brain damage. Belgian powerlifting champion, 18-year-old Laura Dilava, died within 24 hours of developing myocarditis, April 24th, 2023. Official cause of death is myocarditis. 16-year-old high school student from PEI, Samuel Campbell, died suddenly school April 14th, 2023. 80% of Canadian kids ages 12 to 19 are two times COVID-19 vaccinated. Schools are now desperate to try and cover up these deaths as natural. Yeah, they are. They're all going to try to cover it up, cover up the genocide and mass murder. My wife's cousin got Epstein-Barr from the 19 shots, too. She was a healthy young woman. Now she's in a wheelchair. They say she might eventually be able to walk again. Maybe. This is unbelievably evil S. No one should ever have been coerced to participate in an experiment. It's not an experiment. This is all intentional. They told you it was experimental. They probably, it's like an inside joke. They have experimented on other people and it kills them. Logan Mangum complied with a military mandate for COVID shots in 2021. Ended up paralyzed and was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. He relapsed as recently as 2023. He's been retired and discharged from the military and now is on full disability. 22-year-old Rachel Henderson died suddenly, April 19th, 2023. She was found unresponsive, was rushed to medical center where she never recovered. Young women are collapsing and dying suddenly, in this case being blamed on diabetes. So it's an ongoing genocide, global genocide. So they've murdered, disabled, and sterilized you. Now what? Thank you for listening.